danger. And recording now. Nice. Shots fired. <laughs> Good. Whatever. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Fuck. Chief, Chief, we're ready to go whenever you want to take us off. Good. Episode 67,000. Feels fucking miserable. Oh. John, Brian, Eric, Clint, Daddy, Scott, maybe Liz if she gets done her homework. Stop being so uh, petrified of all of us. I mean, that's understandable. Look at John all scruffy like that. He looks terrifying. It's fair season. Yeah. There's a whole crap ton of gray, though. Mm. All right, Scott, you want to introduce yourself a little <laughs> okay, bit? Well. <laughs> okay, uh, Scott Cassie, I'm the Deputy Fire Chief of the West Paris Fire Department. Uh, I've been on the department since 2000. Well, okay, we'll just turn the mics. There we go. Uh, I've been on the fire department since 2015. Prior to that, uh, <clears throat> at work, I run the hazmat team there. Uh, it's been new on that since, well, fire department 2016, hazmat since 2015. I've been on a hazmat team for quite a while now. Um, Plenty of command experience just from having done that and stuff. So when I joined the fire department, they didn't really have a lot of hazmat people, and somehow I still got stuck with that You're role of any. That's because hazmat's the hardest one to fill. So. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't feel bad for I'm, you. That's yeah, all nobody, nobody ever does. I'm like 95 percent of the hazmat experience there. So um, when I joined, you know, it was definitely a, a good addition, uh, just complementing the uh, set of experiences that they already have there. So uh, yeah, cool. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. All right, so we Point have... Daddy? Uh, well, actually, we usually kick this off with uh, any cool trainings anyone's done recently. You want to chime in? You got anything extra? I mean, we've had no. you on before, so... Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still angry. angry. I'm, I'm still grumpy. <laughs> uh, I, I turned 46 yesterday, so... Miserable. Oh, so this That's is your awesome. birthday episode. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, happy birthday. Thank you. We would have had John bring you a cake, but we didn't know. Or I didn't know. I'm all set. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> Had plenty. Look at this. So good. Get in my belly. <laughs> Trainings, as I was saying. <laughs> Anyone do anything? Uh, we haven't really done a whole lot around here recently, have we? I think you guys are working on something, right? John? And a Paul. singular training? No. Mm. Nothing. We're going to talk Scott's about it. has been doing uh, Saturday thing yep yeah so the chief and i have been putting on a basic fire class we call it a basic fire class it's the bare minimum that we have to do to get our new guys up to snuff and being able to do interior and we've been doing it every other saturday in addition to the regular monthly trainings and it's been a lot of fun they we've kind of had attempts at classes prior to so they didn't come in brand new and we also give them chances to just whenever we have a call or something presents itself we will go through whatever that particular subject is but we just did inner um, extrication this most recent saturday and then later that day we had a call for an extrication and i told the guy sitting next to me he's one of my students or one of the students or one of our firefighters however you want to say it and he's like i told him like hey man we're going to be using that training we just used and he's like yep i'm ready i'm like okay i said this is it's not like training where you have 
victims that are just firefighters hanging out to see what it's like. It's legit. We get there and it was, uh, the extrication was lift the motorcycle off the individual. And fortunately they, uh, they were relatively okay given all the circumstances. But yeah, it, it's kind of fun. We, we were talking about doing the uh, live burn because we're getting to that point. We have to plan for a live burn. We were planning late October or something like that. And we had a, a fire in a nearby town. And these guys had experience, and the chief was comfortable enough for them to go inside so long as they were with me. And we had that fire, and I had three new guys. I'm like, hey, chief said it's okay as long as they're with me. We cleared it with operations. Operations was good with it, and I get three new guys interior first time. And I asked them later, I'm like, hey, what would you think of that? And the guy's like, that was awesome. And going home from that fire, the chief's like, hey, that's much more of a live burn than we'll ever have because we're not just burning pallets and hay. It's a legit fire with legit response and legit risk. And those guys had a chance to go in twice. We went in once on the first time. We got to see a unique experience. Uh, for them, it wasn't unique because they didn't have any experience. For me, it was kind of an interesting call. And I get to bring them in again the second time where we ended up burning through a fire hose because whomever left it there last found a hot spot, burned through, and when we went to use it, I told the guy, I'm like, hey, shut the bail off. He's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, oh. So our training inside here is done right now because we lost a water supply, so we ended up having to leave. But we we treat every call like it's training. Our new guys, they're phenomenal. They're hard workers. They're just soaking everything up that we have. So we're very fortunate in West Paris right now with what we have. We're light on numbers, but those that we have are, they're all rock stars, and we have some phenomenal people. So training is is just it's it's all we do whether we it's a call that or curse for a while where wherever we train whatever we trained on the next week we used yeah and that's it's funny you say that because we did a live burn that morning with pallets and hay and then before we even had a chance to relax from that we get that structure fire call we do training on extrication we get an extrication call that night and i don't think that curse has lifted yet yeah Anybody else? Casco hasn't really done. We haven't done a whole lot. No, I think we're going to be doing what extrication this weeks, this this month I think, uh, extrication stuff. So, if you're looking for ideas, I I did a monthly training I don't know, three months ago on uh, electric vehicle fires and extrications, and putting that training together, I learned more than I ever thought it's possible. Crazy, right? And that's that training is one I highly recommend. You do, even if it's just a monthly, yeah. two-hour training. There's so much that goes along with that. Got to get that new Rosenbauer tool. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, thing is awesome. It sounds neat. Four vehicle fires. It's a, it's a contained unit, but you use um, used air, and you hook a line into it. Uh, you slide underneath the car, and the air will actually charge a nozzle that will pierce the battery cell. Okay. And flood the battery. Hmm. It's That's amazing. Cool. I have to look at that. I, like, well, I need one of those, but they're about thirty-five grand. So, I think it'd be an awesome regional, regional. tool. Absolutely. Which I, I think will be on the topics of discussion for later. Yeah, yeah. So I know we're kind of veering off course, but has anyone tried? And I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, like burying an electric car fire with. It's dirt been done. In I, sand, I'd, California, Texas. That, 
they, they after about 12 hours of dumping 60,000 gallons that's of water. That's the only on time it. I've seen it is when they've already wasted a ton of resources to soak this thing and they finally go dig a hole. This hasn't done anything. What do we do? And then yep. they somebody offered to basically dig a giant trench and drop it in there. Yep. What's the worst thing about letting assuming there's nobody inside letting those burn? It is you're, a hazmat. I was going to say, you're the hazmat guy. You're the one to ask. Well, I guess for me, it was rhetorical. For us, nothing. <laughs> I think it was, because uh, Connecticut uh, made headlines recently uh, about a car fire, a Tesla fire that they had, and they were just continually hitting it with water. And all the battery cells are enclosed in a in a container, so you can dump all the water you want, and if you're not getting in there, you're, just, you're, you're actually spreading all that runoff into streams, lakes, whatever else. So if it's in a safe place... It, just protect exposures. I go back to, a, I think, and this is a, a class that I teach, or I, a subject I give, bring up every time we do hazmat class, and it's talking about putting the environment over property. That car is already toast, pardon the pun, but that car is already gone. If you add water to it, you're spreading contaminants into the ground. But the example I give is back in, I think it was 1981 or 82, December uh, in Westbrook, they had an agway fire that... Um, that agway was like two blocks away from the Androscoggin. And the chief at the time, and he made the right call, he said, hey, we can't put water on this because the runoff is going to go into the Androscoggin and cause a lot of contamination. All the, all the toxins, all the bad stuff that's in that agway right now is being burned off from the fire. So long as we protect exposures, we're better off letting it go. I kind of wonder, Tesla's already kind of said, if they're, if they're already on fire, let them go. If you're putting out a lithium fire, any kind of lithium byproduct fire, lithium ion or whatever, you have to use it pretty much a Class D extinguisher. You put water on it, and you're not – there it's so intense, you're not really going to get any results, considering that it's also enclosed in a protective case to keep water and salt and all those contaminants out anyway. Which is what the chief was just talking about with that other tool. I guess it yeah. pierces that protective element, which – Again, you're flooding the bay, so it's like if it gets put out immediately, great, but if you have it leaking out, are we containing all that runoff? Right. Yeah, containment, regardless of what you do, is going to be the hardest part, I imagine. Sounds like a cool tool, though. I'd like to see that in action. Right. Yeah, it's actually it's on, it's on YouTube. I'll get you guys the link. But it's, it's super awesome. I did a webinar with them uh, for, well, last, last month, so it was, it was really cool. Just, I wonder if they can do some unknown. sort of additive to the water or whatever to... No, it's just that they, they physically pierce the shells so that they're actually getting to the cells that are burning. Hmm. They're not... It, it's not... You're in, you're in the case. Wow. So... Any uh, trainings coming up? Speaking of hazmat, we're doing hazmat in West <laughs> Paris next Saturday. Uh, and you guys do the... Um, not tech level. Um, We're at operations. Operations. Yep. The only tech level around our area really is Nine Dragons in Rumford. If we have a hazmat call, we end up calling Nine Dragons. Or we, we go through the county and call them. Yep. We'll have IMAT out giving us a hand probably, stuff like that. But if it's in the area, I mean, especially all the, the chiefs that we've had in West Paris, always said if we have a hazmat call, they might be IC, but they're going to be relying on me to right. provide them with that expertise. And for us, because we only have operations, it's protecting, protecting exposures and keeping people out. Yep. Technician level, it'd be phenomenal to do technician level up there, but the logistics of that, the cost, and all the other 
stuff to, to maintain that for the relatively few calls we have is just, it's not a feasible option. Right. But it would be a lot of fun. It'd be great to have those guys out there. I've had people come to me, hey, when are you putting on the next hazmat class? I'd love to become technician. It's like, well, I can get you to tech. Who says that? I was going to say, Scott's the Who only really one that's ever that? heard. I've had, Boy, that'd be no, fun. Okay, I no. say people. Let me <laughs> yeah. back that up. Two people since I've been on the fire department. Okay, all right. And it's like, all right, yeah, I can, get you, to, yeah, I can yeah. get you to tech, but in a year, if you don't re-up it, then it expires and you're, not in, you're in the same boat you're at now. <laughs> but I also actually, just yeah. for, uh, to add to my introduction, I also teach hazmat through Oxford County LEPC, so I'm, I'm lead instructor for the county. So I teach it at work, I teach it in the fire department, I teach it through the county to other fire departments as well. Nice. Scott's the it's only fun. instructor I've seen for hazmat that doesn't make you fall asleep. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Well, it's hard to fall asleep when you're rolling your eyes really hard at how bad my jokes are. <laughs> my jokes aren't for everybody else's amusement. I, get, I love the response I get from all the bad jokes. I, I just have so many dad jokes. It's, it's hilarious for me. Anyway. We'll be in touch. Yeah. Dad joke competition. <laughs> We, uh, we did the high school walkthrough the yep. other day. I yep. forgot about that. That was pretty cool, the high school and the middle, middle school. And then we got uh, Crooked River and Songo Walks coming up next week. Yeah. Yep. It was cool being that I was there in high school and never paid attention to any of the actual safety features and whatnot. Right. And to go back and look at it now, it's kind of eye-opening. Kinda, yeah. It? Yep. Can you guys go anywhere without looking at sprinkler systems no. now? Well, I, having actually done sprinkler systems, no. No. Walking around Portland is terrifying. <laughs> but, but going anywhere, like... Um, and, then you, and then you talk about the, the sprinkler systems. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just about to say that, too. Now the, the work I do now, I'm in a lot of mills. And mills, you know, were one of the first places to have sprinkler systems, which is great, except for now those systems are 75 80 plus years old nowhere near up to any sort of modern standard and Rotten, terrifying original, <laughs> original sprinkler heads yeah and these places are hundreds of years old and already creaking and falling apart anyways and one single spark could just send it ablaze and it'd be bad so no it, sprinkler systems exits Always look for an exit, for exit signs and uh, lights, emergency lights. My wife hates going to restaurants with me because <laughs> every time we go in, I'm like, I have to sit here and I have to be able to face the exit and all that stuff. And every once in a while, she's like, she just intentionally just antagonized me because I think it's revenge. <laughs> we'll sit where she knows exactly where I want to sit. I'm like, you, all right, all right. Okay. I, ca I count stairs. Yeah. You count I'm stairs? I'm a stair counter. We were in a restaurant once in New Hampshire, and my wife, my kid, still brings it up to me. She's still embarrassed to go to a restaurant. We were on a, the second floor, and the first thing I see is in front of a set of stairs. It says exit right above the door. They, were, they put chairs stacked right in front of that door. And before we even had our drinks, before they even took our order, I told the waitress, I'm like, I'm not trying to be a hard ass here, but that's a fire code violation blocking that exit. And they, they move it right away. My, my daughters and my wife just mortified. <laughs> and then three minutes later, somebody else not paying attention puts chairs there and they see me looking, they grab and they move them and stuff. And my wife's like, oh my God, they're going to spit in our food. No, they, I'm pissed, like, it's a they fire pissed in this drink. They right. probably did. Screw no, it's a good thing I ordered lemonade. I didn't ask for salted rim. <laughs> <laughs> That's a completely different menu. <laughs> <laughs> that won't cost more. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> all right, so now we now that we've done all yeah exactly now that we've done all that we can get to the actual agenda we uh, we wrote down 
if you're still listening. Right. <laughs> Are you doing this live again? My oh, first podcast, no, and no. we lost everybody in the first seven Don't minutes. Don't worry. There's yeah. only like three people that watch us anyways, and I think... There's about 90. We got about 90. 90? Wow. That's pretty episode. impressive. Wow. Uh, last I knew, I thought we were at like 20. Uh, so it, we get 20 within the first couple days. Uh, we get around 40 within a week, but... Our average, we never really, we go to about 90. I think our top was 100 and something. Wow. That's just anybody that listens, right? That's not people that listen all the way through. That's just. Uh, it doesn't give me those stats. Yeah. But it's probably I'm like, sure some of them just hit play yeah. and then go, we oh. We do. Oh. I did, no. <laughs> <we're> <laughs> we did have quite a few listeners. One was in Chicago. A couple were in Germany. Like, I can get all those stats. That's pretty cool. Scott has The Germans are just do, like, so what we'll the hell are these guys doing? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what we wrote down, um, heading into fall, heading into um, cold season for us. Hell, you guys are going to the fair in the next few weeks. I moved my camper Thursday. Oh, yep. my God. Yeah. And, I'm and literally, then, as it gets closer, I just get that sinking pit. I'm like, <laughs> why the hell did Eric talk to Because <laughs> I, I didn't want to go alone. I wasn't going to go back this year. I'm just... I just don't feel like because doing anything. You have seasonal depression? Probably. <laughs> I literally just don't feel like doing anything. And I wasn't going to the fair. And Eric's like, you can't leave me there alone. Yes, I can. Watch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're getting into that time of year. Um, things start getting colder. Days get shorter. And uh, we run into the topic of seasonal depression. Uh, there's a ton of science behind it. Uh, simple Simple for us is that it gets cold, it gets dark, people don't have as good a time. A lot of people leaving the state, people that stay here, us crazy bastards that kick around all year round, um, have to either have to find a way to make the best of it or uh, just suffer through it. So Yeah. I never really believed in it until recently because <clears throat> happy birthday to Steve, but... <laughs> Also on his birthday is yesterday was the sixth year anniversary of the passing of my father. And I always thought that I have issues coming into this time of year because of that. And then talking to my wife and stuff, I was like, that happened way before he even was, got sick. I was going to say that's year round. I was like, I'm, I'm having that. Like that, that's a real thing. Seasonal I mean, affective disorder. Oh, it's, it's, I, the, the I have that. And it's actually four seasons for me. So mine goes from Memorial day to labor day, but it's for entirely different reasons. <laughs> Every time somebody talks about seasonal depressive disorder, I think of you guys ever listened to Jim Norton, I think it was, the comedian? Was, he basically was shitting all over Seattle and, and how it has a high suicide rate. It does, and yeah. somebody's like, well, it's because of the rain. He goes, if you're committing suicide over something that you can solve with an umbrella, he's <laughs> like, there's something else wrong. Or something, I butchered it, but there's something wrong like that. But that's every time I think yeah. of that. But I probably do. That's probably why I'm so down, is that now we're getting into fair season, which automatically sends me into a slump because there's just way too many people for me to handle. Right. And then you go into winter. Oh, see, my, my job, we know that I, I'm a propane technician. I ride around a lot doing jobs by myself, so I listen to the voices in my head. <laughs> and I always, I get stressed out about, like, tying things up from the summer before I go into winter. Oh, like, what yeah. bills I got to pay? How am I going to pay these bills? Like, how am I going to get yeah. this stuff done with the time that I have before snow flies? Like, it just all builds up, snowballs. And then I just freak out, and I'm like, I can't handle this. <laughs> and I go home and crawl in the bed in the fetal position and cry myself to sleep. Right. And then if I wake up the next morning, I do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
But I mean, you yeah. look at um, Alaska as the highest rating for for suicides and violent crimes and a bunch of other things, and it's they've contributed it to shorter days or longer days depending on the season and temperature and really just the ruralness of it. So I think I it's think, snow. I think we're missing shut your mouth. I think it's snow. <laughs> snow makes people violent, whether they harm themselves. No, or that's others. not at all what I just said. That's what I heard. <laughs> Go to work, it's dark. Get out of work, it's dark. I think yeah. that's the in the in between. Yeah. You're trying to fix 30 years of bad decision making in 30 minutes or less. Yeah. Yeah. You ride home, it's silent. All you hear is the yeah. click clack of the studded tires you just had to buy. Exactly. Well, for me, it's like we were. Well, weren't you here? We were sitting here, and like no one was talking, and we didn't have the TV on, and I have this. Beep yeah. My ears, I'm like, oh It's that ringing and that silence. Yeah. The deafening silence. It's not deaf. It's us not silence anymore. It's yeah. No, crazy. it's. <laughs> it'll make you go crazy. Yesterday was my trigger point. I don't know what it was yesterday. I felt it come on. I'm like, oh, here we go. First day. Like, I could actually feel the depression coming on because I, I, it's funny. I mean, I know we all, a lot of us deal with it and stuff, but I, yesterday, I don't know what it was. It just, I, it actually occurred to me, I'm like, this is it. This is the beginning. And I don't know if it was because we had originally planned to go into the Oxford Fair and that fair is kind of the set point to the fall and, right. and stuff like that. And dealing with fall, I've always struggled with fall. I don't know why it is, but I've always struggled with fall. Once we get into winter, I'm usually better. But it's funny with, with seasonal effectiveness, funny, it's used the wrong word. Um, with seasonal, huh. Huh. <laughs> funny. Not to get funny into a huh. tangent, there was one time I used the word "that's funny," like funny, haha, but also funny, like that's interesting. There was a, uh, um, I, I was still living in a different town. I'm not even going to name that town, but there was a poster on the, the nearby convenience store, and it was about uh, they're trying to collect funds to help a police officer. He accidentally shot himself in the leg when he was hunting, and in my mind, I'm like, that's interesting. That even those who have that kind of training, accidents can happen. So I was asking the cashier about it. I'm like, what happened? She's like, oh, he was hunting, and he, he went to, to move his rifle, and it went off. I'm like, and in my mind, I, I'm like, that's interesting that that can happen. And somebody who has that training, but, I'm, but my mouth said, that's funny. She's like, that's not funny. I'm like, I'm just going to get my stuff and leave, because that's not what I meant. I'll see you better. I would have like, doubled down. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, if you can't funny. laugh at that, yeah. what right? can you laugh yeah. at? I'm sorry. Well, it, no, I was just worried, because I, I used to get my food there all the time, and they remembered me. <laughs> no, um, but, but no, it, uh, it's interesting with seasonal effectiveness. I, I've kind of always been a little bit self-aware, at least more recently, and now that I'm getting older myself, but... I, I always try to find a silver lining, those little things you can look forward to where you're always dealing with depression and just having to deal with all the, the lack of sunlight. We get those sun lamps and we sit by those in the morning drinking coffee. And for us, we always try to find that little relief from, from that because both my wife and I struggle with it. And we, we found a way to actually deal with it together. And it's not like we're competing or it's, it's like conflicting. We've actually found a way that we can, en I say enjoy it. We just, we comfort each other through it. But it's we find those little points that we really enjoy like sitting in the morning even if it's cold outside we get a little flame little propane stove thing the fire pits out there and just enjoying the cool winter smell with that fire pit running and stuff yeah. and just those that little highlight to the day and i also realize i'm like i can walk yeah it's cold out and i have to worry about slipping on ice but i can get from my house to my car without having a mosquito fly in my eyeball <laughs> So it's like those little things you try to find and the fact that 
you know what he really enjoys a nice warm bowl of beef stew in the middle of summertime when it's 95 degrees out so we've always found ways to kind of mediate those one of my favorite authors and i've read his book a dozen times uh khalil I, i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher his name uh khalil gibran uh, gibran khalil, uh, whatever anyway um, he wrote a book called the prophet and there's a lot of subjects in there and they actually talk about sadness uh, and he said, he made a great point, and I kind of reference it all the time, is, you know, we deal with rain, and we always have those long days when it's rainy, and we go, th I remember one year, we, I think we had 32 straight days of rain, and he made a point about if we always have sunny days, we start taking that sun for granted, we start losing the fact that we enjoy the sun, it's just there. So we need those rainy days, we need those down days to actually just gain an appreciation for the sunny days that we have. And with depression, I've had seasonal depression, I've had regular depression, pretty severe depression stuff. Um, just learning, and I say my depression, because I had it pretty bad. I had the intrusive thoughts, and I had gone on the medications and multiple counselors, finding the right combination of all that kind of stuff. And I learned so much about myself and about depression and stuff, and finding those trigger points. Yesterday, I found why yesterday was my trigger point for seasonal depression, and now that I recognize it, I already know, okay, well, I have these things in place. I already know that I'm going to be self-aware. And okay, well, I just there was a scent that reminded me of something, or a sight, or whatever. So I forget where I was going with this. But anyway, <laughs> the point squirrel. is, Scott's actually the healthiest one out of all of us because he's already figured. <laughs> well, out. right. I almost want to create person's... a PSA. Be like, come to Maine. You get to sit by a fire and drink coffee. Right. Yeah, That's the yeah. happiest part of your day. But depression for me was one of the worst things that I'm happy I went through because it actually taught me a lot about myself. And yeah. when I see those things come on, I can actually take action to, uh, to deal with them. So it's you not You think it was like the temperature? You think it was a temperature overnight from yeah. Friday night to Saturday morning? Because it was really cool. I, I think that was the coolest night of the... I the think season, so. so. I think when I start seeing the leaves fall, and that's a, there's definitely like a day where you wake up in the morning and go, "Well, it's fall now," you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this yeah. is this is this sucks. All right, now we're here. Yep. It's Guess here. I'm gonna go make some beef stew. <laughs> Seriously though, I, I like the seven million acorns. Uh, the self-aware concept. I think that's something I need to focus on because I'll get down and then not realize how depressed I'm getting until I get to a certain part and I'm like, "Whoa." You know, I need to make a phone call before something bad happens. Right. Like, I don't catch it until it gets to the point that... The third trip to the liquor store is like, whoa, I'm burning up too much gas. Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> On Saturday. <laughs> yeah. No, I, don't, it's, I, won't, I won't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, self-awareness is actually absolutely critical. I, I've taken... A, I've had a bunch of counselors or a therapist and stuff that I've gone through, and they give you kind of different aspects, and... Alcoholics, they use the, the HALT acronym, hungry angry, lonely, hungry, angry, Lonely, Tired. And for them, and that's the acronym they use to help you kind of realize, why am I feeling this way? Why am I pissed off? Why am I depressed? Why am I whatever? And you kind of go through those and you ask yourself, okay, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? And am I tired? Stuff like that. And it's like, do I need a cup of coffee and a Snickers bar? Or do I need to call a friend? Or do I just need a hug from my dog? Or something like that. And just kind of recognizing those and seeing, okay, yeah, You need I'm to write here. that down for me. Yeah. For what? You need to write that down for me. <laughs> hug Why your do I have to write your I don't stuff have a pen. down? Hug, we'll hug, your, hug your pug. I swear hug your to pug. God, I will burn this place down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. It, it's actually kind of John's cool. John's cats it. don't count. I feel you like John's going to get a tattoo now. <laughs> that, <laughs> it's going to, yeah. It is kind of cool to see that the fire department's actually taking a lot more uh, progressive action to deal with uh, 
that kind of stuff because we see stuff that nobody else wants to see and we see it on a regular basis so it's kind of cool sometimes you have just sort of one moment and just to have one of your buddies come up and just kind of pat you in the back and say hey good job and that might be just enough to kind of take you off that path and get yeah. your mind kind of out of that that path that it is going the hard thing though is it's it's not there's nothing instant about mental health issues like it's different for every person the medications that work great on a aren't going to work good on b mm. you know and it's like it, there's there's so many different components and you know it's it, oh, yeah. I, I tell people it's more like a it, it, it's a marathon it's not this isn't a sprint and you're the process have, itself you're is not depressing take something and tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and see rainbows and unicorns it doesn't work like that yeah, well there is some process. stuff out there that will make that happen <laughs> that's, that's yeah. different yeah it's not that's legal a, and you got to talk to somebody in the Finding alley the right medication yeah yeah and I it mean, takes a long time it, yeah it really does and i think so. the problem is like I, well actually i can only speak for myself is by the time it gets to that point you don't feel like running the marathon i think that's the hardest part yeah for most people and that's why it's always good to have that one person you can call and be like, hey, man, we need to talk or I just need to hear somebody else. Because you can be around a room full of people and feel like you're the loneliest yeah. person in the world. So just having that one person that you can rely on to be like, hey, man, I'm kind of feeling down and I just need someone to talk to. I get dogs. My dogs are cool. They listen to me. <laughs> My dogs are not cool. <laughs> Mine's actually in the uh, the springtime. I don't, I don't know why it gets rid of that whole science of... And maybe it is the, that buildup of all winter long. I haven't had sunlight or whatever, but so then in, in the spring, you, you know that time's coming, but you have no energy because you're still exhausted from the winter time. Or it could be it. It's you just, know, you're just every like, spring. Screw I'm it. like, where's the fact oh you want to do a bunch of work on your again. cars and trucks and you don't have the money for it because. No, it's it's it season, up in it all winter. came in. No. It, that's that's when I start working on stuff. So that's not the highlight of your life. <laughs> it should be right. <laughs> Seems backwards to me. That is I, it is backwards, but I can tell you, yeah, the spring is when I have the hardest time. But you don't do a lot yeah. of paintballing in the winter, do you? Yep, there's an indoor place we go in Boston. Hmm. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's, I can, a, that's, that's a ruined my theory. Just, right, exactly. There's, oh. there's theories all day long. I can just tell you that that's, that's when I have the biggest struggle is in the spring. Hmm. And I can't even tell you, like, if it's when it starts to get warm or... I know... I know there's definitely a season that kind of sucks because it's too cold to do anything, but like not cold enough to actually in. get snow. Yeah. And, you know, because I have the snowmobiles and stuff like that, but I, I just enjoy the wintertime. That's why I still live in Maine. You know, I'm one of the few people that gets some sort of excitement when it snows, and I don't know, it's fucking pretty. And <laughs> yes, cleaning the driveway kind of sucks. But it muffles things and it's quiet. And I, think I that's love what, standing outside in the middle of a snowstorm. I storm think that's what calms me anything. down. Except for that ringing. Sound. That ringing is always there. It's wood stove season. There's yeah. no, mos- mo- no mosquitoes. No, no mosquitoes. black flies. Yeah. No tourists. It's wonderful. Yeah. No, this tourist, all the... Ma- uh, well, yeah, we're we in ski, uh, ski crap region. on Massachusetts plates. I live right on 26, right to the way of all the mis- all the uh, ski slopes, and it's like snowing. And they're trying to play, play, you know, leapfrog with motor vehicles, and it's like yeah. they go zoomy zoom on the snowy snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they really do. And I'm like, this is what keeps us in business. Yep. Yeah. Ed knows how to fix that, right? Put it four drive, Bob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give it a shot. If you can't figure it out, at least the snowbank's soft most of the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did that uh, 
that hit what you wanted to hit on that? Or are we all depressed now? I feel like I'm not alone. So we're all looking around, and and honestly, as silly as I mean, we've talked about this a billion times. As silly as that is, though, it's it's realizing that this is not a uncommon thing. No, and it's it might not be that all six of us sitting here talking into a mic have depression. It's just we've all recognized different forms of it, and uh, there's nothing to say that. you might just be going through a bad time. Sometimes there's a complete chemical imbalance that needs to be fixed, and other times there's just, you know... Change of scenery. Right. Recognition of... I think, um, I think it, it, it would almost be easier to say that everybody has some level of depression at spectrum. some point. Yeah. You know? <laughs> really. I mean, you know, what? you love the snowstorm. That might send someone else into a high-speed wobble, and down to the basement they go. You know? Like, it's just weird yeah. that it's there's yeah there's science but there's no rhyme or reason to right. anything really but and like you said the science is it's it's inconsistent or it, it appears inconsistent because everybody's different and everybody's physically and chemically different so when you try and apply the same thing to everyone it can look like it works sometimes and not other times but yeah. no, we're not going to go down the, the the science path of it it's just so just recognize when you have an issue and uh talk with people the talking alone could help or it might just point you in the right direction of seeking the proper help for yeah and that's huge just not being afraid to ask because there's always a stigma with a depression and getting counseling and stuff and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that a lot of people get afraid oh if i get a counselor they're gonna put me in a loony bin no i think there's a lot to go on that too because um the stigma isn't the depression the stigma is Am I depressed because something at work? Am I depressed because of a relationship thing? Am I de- basically is it? Do I have a legitimate reason to be depressed? Some if people, you're depressed, then a lot of people. Yeah, if you have a depressed, you have a legitimate reason, and that's why you need to go get counseling, talk to somebody, and right. But I think that's what scares you. a lot of people is that you know, am I going to get picked on for for why I'm sad, right? Or am I just being sad, need to suck it up, or is this something that needs to be? addressed is this more than i can handle on my own yeah and maybe it's just one trip to the to a therapist and talk to them and you can kind of work it out and great or you just find you really enjoy it and you start going regularly and 10 years from now you're still walking around versus going down that path never getting help and you do something right it's totally worth it never anything wrong with that i already told we had that meeting last was it our monday meeting we had we got talking about there's always the incident uh, the post-incident debrief and stuff like that, and I don't think I'd ever have any issues with my guys, but, you know, I already told them, I'm like, you ever make fun of anybody asking for help and you're gone? That's, yeah. that's not tolerable here. No. If somebody asks for help and you make fun of them, we're never seeing you in the station again. And I didn't say that against them because I don't think they do that, but it's just a statement that always has to be made. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it, God, how many times have we talked about this on, on these episodes? At least probably 90% we've touched on some sort of depression or mental health or, you know, just talking to somebody. We we talk about it all the time. So it's becoming much more commonplace and, and don't be afraid to ask. That's kind of why we started this podcast in the first place so that we had a place to, I yeah. mean, I mean, to start off as Ed's project, but it actually turned into kind of a, a release for us to come in and talk yeah. about all this stuff yeah, and get it, it off our chest. It's the sitting around the fire station and kind of gabbing that we 
don't have as much as we used to have and we don't have the other influences the outside influences that we would normally have sitting around our own station yeah right it's been cool regardless of what anybody else gets out of it it's been cool for us to talk to different people yeah no i think it's been great it's been great all right <laughs> so the next one we have is um see i feel like i'm right back to like my first episode where i'm reading off of this list you guys gotta give me a social little... media and public feedback john, john has been he's kept his mouth shut for the most part and it's really leaving it all up to me I'm well this is just kind of <laughs> this is just kind of a list we threw down but really i know and that's almost why i'm like i wonder if we're just looking at the list too much and we're too yeah, worried but, about getting off of it or... but it was just it was just topics to start off with like two three and and four the ones on our, our list, they're all kind of tied together. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was looking at social media the other day, and I've seen this happen in the departments I've worked in, and now I'm seeing it happen in a, a mutual aid department where there's an officer using a piece of equipment, and the town is seeing this piece of equipment in places that they don't believe it should be. But instead of going to the town and questioning it or asking the chief what he's doing with it, they're just starting this social media mob. Yep. So I'm just curious what you guys think about why is that happening now? Like, how can we stop it? It's not like, so I was talking about social media mobs and then public perception and department transparency. Like, just because you see that vehicle somewhere, you have no idea what that officer's doing. So instead of assuming, why wouldn't you ask? Because maybe that because person has a prominent reason to be there. Because it's better to, it's easier to hide behind a social media post than it is to go out and show your face and ask a question. I think even if they know who the person is who's writing the question, it's easier for them to address it that way. Oh, it's key, keyboard warriors. I, I 100% understand, but just I've been watching it happen, and it's like instead of talking crap on your social media, why don't you go to the next town meeting and ask the question? Yeah. I haven't the seen public a... public official. Am I wrong, Chief, that you have a vehicle? Mm-hmm. And that anybody, any taxpayer can come into the town meeting and question you about where you are or what you're doing with that town vehicle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's transparency where you can say, they, hey, they you can saw me at tomorrow. the, yeah, you <laughs> saw me like, at this know? particular place doing this and this is why I was there. Like, but why aren't they asking the question? That's what I don't understand. And, and when we got the new manager, I had that discussion with him. You know, what is, what is your expectation? What, what is your, um, what is your policy on me using the department. Well, that, that goes into the other thing no. I had, like equipment use policies. Do you have one, Casco, for um, your equipment? It, not really. I mean, we don't really have a policy. On I mean, it, a lot of it's common sense, but it is. Um, but I mean, it was again, it was a conversation that I had with the manager, who's my boss, and I said, you know, what are what is your take on this? Where where does it fall? And and his answer is basically, um, if there's an incident, I. Ex- I expect you to be able to respond. And it was it was that easy. Yeah. So, you know. But we have the question. It's not like I'm running around going, oh, we'll see what I can get away with this week. You know, it's it's we've had this conversation. Yeah. So and, and those and are and that I mean, that's kind of my expectation too of myself. If there's an incident, I'm expected to respond if I'm, you know, within reason. So that's what happens, that's how it goes. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. take your vehicle somewhere that you couldn't stand behind and say, this is why I no, was yeah. with it here. Yep. That's, that's the thing I don't understand. I, I just it, it baffles me that these people will just freak out and not ask the question. Because I'm sure anybody that's driving that rig, not only do they have to, but they would be transparent and say, well, this is why I was here. Like, 
I just I don't understand it. I, I think community pages. I haven't seen a oh. single one in a single town that has been anything less than toxic. Mm-hmm. It, every town, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's and it's the silliest things. This person's mailbox is thirty degrees more in one direction than anybody else's. Why? <laughs> <laughs> the grass at the fucking graveyard is three inches tall. Why? Well, Instead you know, of two and a half. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this sign's a little off color. What you know? Oh, it's, it it's, snowed yesterday. How come those hydrants aren't shoveled out today? Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, it's for everything. Yeah. It's nothing. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, they'll target anyone and everyone. It's but the it's, fire it's department. The it's the public works. It's people, too. That's yeah. the thing, yeah. you know? And it will, they will go right after individuals. Again, it doesn't matter if they are uh, municipality people or if they're just someone minding their own business. But is it because social media is, is new to us? Like, I don't ever remember this happening when, well, when I started not, the fire service. Is it because it's more... Um, this but, never existed. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. it more out in the open now that people are hiding because they can use this? Well, and and you, th- I or mean, is it our back, culture? Think back 30 years, though. I mean, you pretty much knew everybody in town, right? I mean, and can you say that now? Yeah, you're right. You, you have to there, be such a transient and I, population and I know this, that I know this stuff was happening like down at the local cafe and stuff. I mean, people talk about people all the time, but it just seems more prominent now. You have to be proactive. It's visual. Yeah. Because it's an all new thing, you have to be proactive. And there's a department, uh, it's not a mutual aid partner, it's, uh, I'll say it's Falmouth. They do an excellent job on their Facebook page telling the citizens what they do. Yep. Calls, trainings, stuff like that. So if if you're finding that you have citizens questioning, I, I saw the chief's buggy here and there and everywhere all day. And shouldn't he be in his office? Maybe at that time, it's time for you to go on and say, you know, uh, as the fire chief, I'm responsible for fire inspections, for example. And I'm going to be out and about throughout the town for the next week, two weeks, doing fire inspections. So you'll see me all over the place. Just get that out there. Like, I'm not just driving around doing my weekly errands. I'm actually working. Yeah, that's, that's just an. I mean, that's that's tough, though. I mean, oh, I'm not, it's, you know, because then they're gonna ex- they want your schedule on on Facebook. What you're gonna do for the week, and that's, guess what's yeah. not gonna happen? You know, oh, if hell, you don't I, even know I what wish, you're doing in the morning. I, I don't. I really. <laughs> I mean, I had just looked at my calendar for tomorrow when I came in. So um, there's, and it's a matter of time and personnel as well. You know, um, it would be great if I could have a social media person. For the town, or you know, even yeah. even just for the fire department, of you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff I'd love to get out there. But guess what? I've got 27 other things that I have to do, and I can't. And for me, social media is not. It's not. A it's not a priority. It's not. A priority. Yeah. It's really not a focus. Um, yeah, I just this year, um, I started posting up the fire class day on Instagram. And I learned that I could automatically share that. When I posted on Instagram, it would automatically go to Facebook. Um, you know, I just learned that this year. But the way, I, the way I see it, I couldn't see that it went over. So I was asking people, can you go onto Facebook and see if it's, if it's copying over? Because I don't know. I, I try, but I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> well, even if you found somebody that actually loves social media, you know, somebody's always on their phone. Hey, you want to jump in and, you know. Yeah. some call stats on once a month and i do i do have a guy for that yeah. It, yeah it's it's one of these it's a new new world problem and it's going to take some imagination but if yeah. you find you have community members 
complaining. All the, and, all the new kids coming in the department. Yeah. Oh, I say all the new kids, but any newer person you got coming to the department, they're all about technology now. They'd, they'd be the ones to push in the avenue, I'd think. But just, I, I saw that the other day and it just started eating at me and I wanted to see what you guys thought and what you have and policies, like do you guys have an equipment policy in West Paris or where you work, Steve? Or in your area? It, it's, it's almost a common sense thing. Yeah. Just don't, don't be stupid. That's right. really our, that's our, our <laughs> policy. Don't do <laughs> stupid things and you'll yeah, be fine. There you go. You know, yeah. Don't take, don't take the ladder truck to get lunch down at the local convenience store every single day. It's going to start to raise questions. Other than that, you know, just common sense. Yeah, pretty much the same. If you need a ladder, go borrow it from a friend. Don't borrow yeah. from the fire station. You know, yeah. just yeah. it's the fire department for fire department use, and that's it. Yeah. Fair enough. I well, think uh, one of the best things I've seen for municipalities, and I've seen it for business too, is you can also post with uh, no comments. Yes. You can block it from comments. Yep. And, it just and there, but there again, there are legal issues. If there were posts that you, that were not appropriate, um, there's still laws and rules on if you can take that down, which has actually come back. No, he's talking about the original post. Right. You can post without allowing any comments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I'm talking about but, like but, whole other pages, like Ed was talking about, like community pages and things like that, where people are just they're just mobbing up. Can't do anything about it. It's it's absolute yeah. silliness and so so. There's my question: Like, do you just let it go and just watch them unload, or do you try to do you try to comment back and no. say, "Hey, no. No. this is you what's going on"? No, because engage. if you yeah, if you engage, but you're never going to get anything else done. You know, um, I I just let them go. You know, if you have a legitimate complaint, you have a genuine concern, then you can come and talk to one of us, and we'll address it. Yeah, I, I can't. God bless. <laughs> Imagine that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, there you go. I would be in the office all day just scanning social media to make sure that, you know, it, they're always going to be naysayers. Mm. I've had that handful of times just driving around. The fire truck almost ran me off the road. What? <laughs> you know, the, yeah, the fire truck's three quarters of the size of the road. Um, yeah, aren't, we're you we're going to, to aren't you supposed to pull over out of and, my way and stop? And the lights and does. sirens were going, and you didn't pull over. Yeah. So, yeah. There's no way around it. <laughs> um, I mean, have you ever had anything as far as trucks being out and people questioning? Um, yes. yes we yeah, you guys, I think, per, I, I think personally, um, there have been people that have been asked why they were out. Yeah. Um, at a local convenience store, they'll go out with a rescue. And there used to be one particular guy that would yell and scream at our members for taking the truck out. Wasn't there an issue at one point, though, someone getting upset about the fuel usage from pump training? A long time I ago? I vaguely remember that. Yeah. But I think that was easily squashed when we said it was a training. That we weren't just... Okay. Yes, okay. That, that was a question to the current... Uh, not to the current, but to the manager that was there at the time. And that was... That was easily explained. Yeah. And again, ask the question. You got a question on it. And I think, that's, I think that's part of answering your question, Eric, is that I don't think people want answers to questions. They just want to be mad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, just, they just want to attack something. They don't want an explanation. They just know a truck is out burning fuel and, and they, it's costing them money. The way I read it is just people want to feel like other people feel the same as them. 
Yeah. Right. That like too. I have a bitch and I they want, want you to a have validation. the same bitch. Yeah, they want a validation for their for yeah. their angle, yeah. anger. And they go, oh, the more people that bitch about the same thing, the better I feel about it. Oh, well, I mean, you, you go back up to seasonal depression. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what season you're in, you're going to bitch, at least in Maine, you bitch about it, right? <laughs> I, that's why, I, like... It's too damn cold. That's it's too damn hot. That's the easiest topic to talk about with anybody because... <laughs> we got all these mosquitoes. we got all you know, these out-of-staters. We, we yeah. love to complain about everything. So if it's too hot, I'm going to complain about being too hot. If it's too cold, I'm going to complain about... We just need something to complain about. Mm. <laughs> Is there at some yes. point when those complainers, like the same recurring people, start... It, whether it, it doesn't matter if it's the fire department, the police department, the town highway department don't people start recognizing that that's them and that's what they're going to do all the time anyway? yes I hope so. yes that there's there's no secrets yeah. you know there, it's, it's easily identifiable i sir, i go to these certain pages and read because i know somebody's going to comment i go to town meetings because i know certain people are going to be there and it's amazing <laughs> i mean as long as you're not in the middle of it it can right. be entertaining yeah. there used to yeah. be a town meeting i used to go with with a certain person and every time a person would get up there to complain we'd take a little nip it out and take a, we made a drinking game out of it that was hilarious i won't mention that person's uh. name town especially small, small town meetings oh, yeah. oh my such entertainment well you know like when i so, when i was an officer in west like, paris and i had to go uh, that's I, was, like I was mortified. I was like, this is a TV show. This is, right. this is a cartoon. Well, I swear to God, they wait all year, write all this stuff down, and that's their moment to shine. Yeah. Like, that is their moment in life where they're going to get the attention they want, and that's their moment yeah. to shine. I have I'm a captive like, audience, so I get yeah. two minutes. I'm just yeah. like, oh my God. And then some yeah. people won't even shut up after the two minutes. No, no, they oh. keep going. You know, but, like, for public works, there were, there were people that were complaining about the conditions of the road, and, and they said, well, yes, and we need equipment to do that. However, the equipment funds that we requested were voted down at town meeting. And then they said, well, were you at town meeting? And I don't remember seeing your face there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's crickets. You know, like, if you want to fix things, you have to give the people the equipment to fix the things. But if you don't show up to support it, then you get what you get. Right. There's both sides of it, too. Um, whenever we get new apparatus, it's so weird to see somebody that will come by and turn their nose up and go, oh, we wasted all our money on that. And then the other people that will stop by and look at it and go, that's awesome. You, you know, I'm glad you guys finally got the equipment you need. Yeah. And that's cool. That's one of the reasons I love Casco Days so much. You have people that will come up and not only people just showing an interest in the fire department in general, but people get to see stuff that they pay for right really yeah and yeah. see that you're out there and you know how to work around it and you yeah. can show them stuff and i, I have a lot of fun with that well, that's it's, kind it's of my cool. i mean it's a captive audience it's really yeah. you know it's perfect it's kind of my disgust reading those comments it's like you you can go to town meeting and ask these questions you don't have to blast it out on social media like it's if you there. want to see a piece of equipment you know where it's parked come down and knock on the door get a hold of an officer but clearly i don't think that's any department of getting attention somebody's yeah. responded Somebody's acknowledged them, so they're going to keep doing it. Yep. That's why you just ignore them, and read, or I just read. <laughs> Remember the one you showed me? Oh, my God. Yeah. I won't mention the town's name, but oh, Lord. <laughs> this area, not even close. <laughs> not even close. There's some backwoodsness up there. <laughs> <laughs> 
nice. Yeah. So, yeah. And, I mean, it's 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 always gonna be there. It's always gonna exist. Um, it's an easy forum for people to complain, and that's and I think that's it gonna is, is the convenience. It's yeah. the moment a thought pops into their head. They don't have to do any research. They don't have to do any any extra work other than open their computer up and go tap 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 tap. There, I feel better. And well, then well, it's kind of like this else? podcast. We've upset some people with our podcast before, That's but funny. instead of when we invite them and hey, come in, sit down, right. they speak peace, they just rather comment at John and give John <laughs> shit about it. Right, but I always go or blame them. me for something that didn't even pertain to them, right. which is hilarious. But exactly, you guys get blamed. I keep to, get to keep running my podcast. I don't see the problem here. <laughs> last time I got to drink, it was awesome. Oh, so. that last <laughs> podcast we did was a blast. Maybe that's where my depression started when I realized <laughs> we could have been doing that all along. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gretchen, for the use of your porch. Right. We'll be by next month. Right. We've talked to a few people that are all excited. As soon as we mentioned drinks, they were like, oh, we can drink and talk into a mic. Awesome. <laughs> Great. It all depends on where we're doing the show from. Right. And then I invite Scott, and we're stuck in an office. And Yeah, I don't see anything but water and Gatorade <laughs> here, man. That's the only reason why I came. I thought you guys were going to drink. Uh, we, we are. Next time. Yeah. Oh, that's why you wanted to finish your homework. You're like, I'm going to be hammered when I get back. So my math got to get done all first. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's how we trap them in here. We're like, hey, come on, we got all kinds of snacks, and then you get here and you're like, you're you trapped. don't even have snacks. The door I don't locks. See snacks. And... I don't see booze. That's exactly it. We, just, right. we lie to you to get you in the building. <laughs> right. All right. What's next? Standards and traditions. Well, and that kind of ties into the promotional progression that I was talking about. Like I said, starting it all off with seasonal depression, riding around, <laughs> listening to the voices in my head, and seeing what's going on in the region. Seeing like, instead of putting it on Facebook, Eric just makes us uh, all talk about it. <laughs> this, is, this is my release today. But we, we've talked about this a little bit before. It's driving me nuts looking around the region, and I don't know if you guys are seeing the same thing, but it seems like our standards have gone right out the window. Everybody's blamed it on COVID and, and low staffing. I call bullshit. The leadership is just letting things go so that they can fill seats and... People are getting in positions that they should not be getting into, doing doing things they should not be doing. Like, where did our standards go? Is it is it me? Am I looking at this jaded? Or I just I see a lot of people in places they should not be, and it scares the shit out of me. I've tried to keep my head down. I know. <laughs> I just put, I literally I just tried to process and how do I want to respond? No, I'm throwing it all out. <laughs> so uh, tradition, let's start with tradition. <laughs> tradition has kind of gone hill, downhill. We've certain yes. departments, a lot of departments that I have seen have let their traditions go. Um, not go, but they just not, um, how do I say it? They haven't kept up. They have, they, well, we still have traditions. We still talk about it, but it's not It almost feels separate from right. the fire department. It it. it feels like in the last few years that the fire department has turned into a, a business. It's yeah, a career business. path for people. It's a business And then model. the yeah. second part of it is this. It's the talking. It's the, the conventions. It's the, the color guard and all this other stuff that it's still there. It the still exists, bike. but it's, it's almost separate. Right. It's yeah. almost like the the, the it's tradition like, part of it is a memory of what. <laughs> what well, the fire there's a certain group that are, they're they're big on tradition. Like I've noticed that. Like most departments have their group, and they're usually the guys that are that train. They're all about tradition. They're all about training. They're all about the brotherhood, 
And then you almost have this group where I need to fill shifts. I need to get calls running. I need to get, you know, the business aspect of it. Where in reality, it should all be combined. But we kind of split two separate. You know what I'm talking about. There are two separate groups. I'm going to open a can of worms. Yeah, you are. (laughs) I'm making eye contact. Three letters. This is where, where tradition went out the window. EMS. 85% 85% of our job is EMS. Yep. EMS is a business. EMS is what it is. I love EMS. The fire service used to be, you know, we're firemen. We go, we put out fires. We have bells and whistles and lights and shiny trucks. That's really not the job anymore. So tradition has just kind of, it's gone. See, I thought you were going to spell a three-different-letter word was J-O-B. We're all so busy at our day jobs. We don't have time to run a call barely, let alone maintain traditions. Yeah. And, and even it, if this is your career, it's, it's still 80, 80% of our job is hopping on the boo-boo bus. Yep. And, and I th- also think that now that you mentioned EMS, is that we don't have a core group of people. Right. What, was it you that the mercenaries? Medic mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah. They go around. It is a job. Yep. And basically, there's no sense of home, tradition, right. brotherhood, sisterhood, familyhood. But I also think that's part of the divide is that the departments, because of their low staffing and, and loss of volunteers, now they're getting per diems in full time. So then you automatically get that divide right there because now you've got the guys that are coming in just to collect a paycheck. And then you got the guys that are coming in because they enjoy it. And I think that's a huge divide, too. And how the hell do you run an apartment, especially ones that have all three, and keep everything fluid and everybody on the same page? How do you... No one knows. That's why we're that's, here. Right. <laughs> but, but, I mean, is that... Please comment on Facebook if you have an idea. Yeah, part of the divide, along with... Whoa! Drop Take the that. flask. <laughs> Drop the flask. <laughs> along with EMS, but... I think Scott's the only one in a position that's all fire. Yeah, 99% of our calls are fire. I mean, we'll assist our local ambulance service when need be, but that's all we do are fire calls. We don't, I don't know, it's, it's weird. I work in a, it's a paid volunteer department, but we don't, we don't, we're not regularly staffed. We get toned at whatever time we show up to the station, grab the trucks and go. There's nobody there regularly. So you still have good standards and traditions in your department? It's still hard. It's hard when I... I used to spend a lot of time at the fire department, and it kind of burned me out, but I'm just trying to keep keep it maintained and stuff like that, and I haven't spent as much time there, but it gets harder and harder. I live an hour, I mean, I work an hour away from home. It's so an ebb and flow, I'm too, with the personnel that we've yeah, had there. We, turnover, um, people working far away, it's hard to get firefighters, let alone maintain traditions. You know, you guys, departments that have people that run regularly, it's interesting to hear that you guys even have a hard time when you have people here all the time maintaining those traditions when you have people here to do that kind of stuff. Do you ever have like a, a special night that's like, all right, well, hey, tonight we were going to train, but instead we're going to just have fun. And, and even fun is training. I mean, whether you, the whole night is playing SCBA dodgeball or something like that, do you ever have just a almost a family day that is training? We couldn't even get people to a barbecue. So. Right. Really? Yeah. 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 We is had, it like we a barbecue when you promised food and I'm looking at an empty table? Is that that yeah, more or less? Barbecue? And it was yeah. awesome barbecue. No, 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 no. Like so backwards, backwards. We had the food and then the empty table was the, the people there. Wow. That's yeah. interesting. 
but that, it, and no, that's my question. What, what it's are we, depressing. It, what happened and where do we go from here? Like, what the hell? Per diems killed call companies. Full-time killed per diems. And EMS but it's just, just kills it, everybody? It's just how... <laughs> pretty much. How it goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I wonder how many people I, I don't always know feel isolated from each other. Everybody feels like they're alone. So, as well, in, in a way, it, it goes back to the, the mercenary medic type of thing, or mercenary EMS, is that it's... It's almost kind of cutthroat, where like people are, are picking their their different places to go, and picking their shifts, and it's like the people that get their shifts in certain places, that's the best place to be, and you can't tell them anything else about anywhere else, and then they're crap, and then we only call these well, people when we need help, yeah. and we only I, call I don't these mind people that. When we need There's help. always a, a good level of um, competition. And well, there's healthy competition, yeah, and then good. there's like right. not healthy competition. <laughs> I think what you like, I liked where this department thought they were better than this department, and they'd always compete. Like it used to be when I first joined the fire department, you always tried to get the hose stretch first before that. And if you were in another town, and you you were the first to, it was a moment of pride. Now it's almost become sort of toxic type of thing. Yeah, but I think we need a fireman's muster team. So we're just going to train on it. Right. Once Which week, would we'll be awesome. <laughs> but again, who? Who? You know? And, and for the employee B, who we have here, is also working in three other agencies. So, which, you know, he likes them better, so he's going to be on their muster. Like, it, it, you could literally take any aspect or any view and apply that same logic of it's person coming in to do their job and leave right it's trying to find something to give them pride in where they're at and i guess that right. that's where that conversation stops we haven't figured out how to instill that pride back into people yeah we actually have a fair amount of pride right now in west paris we have our guys like hey when can we get fire department t-shirts you know it's going to build a team that's what i mean like, that. like we we've had such an ebb and flow up there because when i first joined west paris it was great we we had those barbecues we had the gala we had a bunch of other stuff we had people coming to calls and hanging out after the calls and then it tanked and then it kind of came back a little bit and like we did some cookouts again and like we we did our normal training and then it tanked again. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't get anyone there. And, and right now, now we're in a great we're, place, yeah, but right we just a, a need more people. We have, yeah, we have a lot of great people. It's just we're I, always I feel busy. like a lot of times when you get someone new, they still have that almost like a... Um, it's the honeymoon phase. Well, well I, I think they still have the heroic view of a fire department. So they come in and they, they, they know about that tradition. They've seen it. They've heard of it. They've heard of Boston. They've heard of, you know, New York and like what they see on all the, movies. yeah, all these super cool things. And then they get in and realize, oh man, there's like trainings and like <laughs> standards and it's not all, you, you're hardly ever going to go running into a burning building and come out with a screaming child in your arms or anything like that. And so they they kind of get a little jaded to it and then you add the EMS portion of it which there's you never see a heroic moment in EMS no matter how many lives you save and they just kind of get beaten down from that that shining rescuer to a job again steve you got a lot of you get a lot of living students over in your region is there anything the departments over there are doing to try to 
hold on to some integrity when those those kids come in? Our poor rookies over there in the corner listening to us, yeah. like, she's, never again. I'm, I'm she's, done. This she's over the there doing homework one. going, you guys are all 100% right. This is a job. You think she's, she's doing her homework. She's writing a resignation. Right. Right. <laughs> Sorry. This, this isn't for me. It, it's even all a business for them. I mean, it, you, you pick it's students a by a lottery. Yep. They want to go where they want to go, and they want to get their degree, and they want to go get a job in a, another place that, pays the most money it's so, business so it's just a stepping stone it's a stepping stone it's, it's a way care. it's a means to an end and they don't even have all those positions filled for next year no i was i was talking with uh i was involved in an email with steve willis who's even though he retired he's still gonna help with the live-in program and they have they have a bunch of positions that they haven't had students for which drives me right another and bullshit you, you because if that was offered to me when i was that age i'd oh, have been on top of it you and can't even, it wasn't there for me exactly. and they can't even fill our, the current opening positions we have we were talking to the union and there's over 70 union positions right now in yeah. the state of maine that are unfilled yeah yeah it i know when i, I can't even tell you it when used but to be a competition they used to be hundreds, yeah. hundreds well, when we were testing there was four five hundred six hundred people sitting so what, down to take a written so test. what now happened they, what happened where did all these people go why did it stop what changed that's what i don't know i don't understand what changed we, we changed we changed we so, made it yeah. too easy to stay home we we made it too easy to sit home and get money and do x y and z and not really have to put in effort i wasn't even going to talk about that but as leaders in the fire department we we changed like we clearly didn't carry on those traditions and didn't pass them on you know, and you know I we're going to pay you i'll say 25 30 bucks an hour at best and you're going to get cancer and you're going to get depression and you're probably going to be married and divorced three or four times. I hope. It's like, mm, yeah. yeah. Ooh, I think sign I, me up. Sign me up. I'll do that. Right. You have three ways of dying. Heart disease, cancer, yeah. or you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. Or John's for, for, for $20 an hour. Kill you. <laughs> yeah. Come for, on over. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you can, you can drive down through the strip in Wyndham and see almost every store has a sign in their window that they're hiring, you know? So, Oh, we I know mean, there's a recruitment issue, but what are our departments doing to try to hold on to the people we got? Like, you, you guys are talking about the barbecue that nobody shows up to. Like, what else can we do? What can we do what to else hold can we do on that no one the... else will show up to? Exactly. <laughs> I think like, we're at well, the point now where just let society realize when they call, nobody shows up. Maybe things then will change. Then maybe things will change. If there's nothing else we can do i think that might that attitude might be seeping into that attitude is everywhere. but i, I think the every, problem is real. the the people that we have that had that pride at one point that isn't there anymore I, I would like to figure out how to get them excited about coming in again i think society changed i i don't think i mean we did change oh but yeah. i think society changed as a whole as a whole and we're just kind of we have no choice but to let it burn let it burn and it's not us. We we can try, 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 but if society—I hate—it sounds very strange to say it that way. You know, it, it, it's just kind of the way it goes. Unfortunately. Thanks for making a bunch of noise, Carl. 
hey, at least we got Carl on a podcast now. <laughs> yes. Even if it is just his knees cracking and his throwing away a bottle. So see, we can pick yeah. on him now because he's here to defend himself. Right. Hi, Carl. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the issue is. I mean, I, I know what the issue is. I don't know what the solution is. Um, if you, you know, if you just, figure it out, you'll be a very wealthy man. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was just because then we'll uh, turn just that a, into a job and we'll sell some books. Exactly. <laughs> it was what fire some engineering training seminars. Uh, there was a there was a webinar last week and it had um, Billy G. It had the U.S. Fire Administrator, um, the DCFD Chief, Salt Lake Fire Authority, um, and they're all dealing with it. The same exact thing, you know. They're saying, you know, for I think it was Salt Lake, they're like, yeah, we've got uh, 30, 32 people going through a class right now. And it's bigger than my entire roster. And they're still suffering from numbers. You know, DCFD's got, what do you say, 300 going through, but they still have dozens and dozens of positions still open. So, I, it's everywhere. You, you don't, it doesn't, I don't know. I literally drive my head against the wall trying to figure this out because, but it, it's not any one. It's not any one location. It's not geography based. It's not. It's everywhere. It's everything, everywhere. And see these these <sighs> topics today are kind of, uh, I. They're very uplifting. <laughs> very. Right? Yeah. I pushed them in a certain direction because of, for my own kind of benefit. Really, I, I'm at a crossroads right now. I've, I worked as a deputy chief somewhere that didn't work out for me at the time and I had to step away and now I've taken classes and kind of painted me into a corner where in our region what I work to get to that certain position is not available to me in our region and I'm, I'm really f having a hard time understanding my purpose anymore and I'm really trying to figure out if this is something I want to continue doing or if it's time to pick up a different hobby. You're not alone. So I'm, I'm being kind of I'm being kind of selfish with my questions today, but I literally heard there was cry. part of my seasonal depression. This is what I was thinking about at work the other day. I'm like, why, why am I doing this, and why do I care so much if nobody else does? I I love my job, and I and I love who I work for. But if an opportunity of something very different in a very different place came forward, I would leave in a heartbeat. So you're just riding it out? At this point, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I, I still I, I love my job and who I work for. But I, I don't feel the same love for this career that I did the 20 years ago. The passion's gone. Yeah. It's a job. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very fortunate where I'm at, but you know, that could change at any time. But if I could make widgets down in Florida for double the money, okay. Guess what I'm making. Goodbye. Widgets, uh, you know, and literally everybody's hiring. I had because yeah. I've been talking about maybe going and getting my apprentice for electrician, and I was just mentioning it to one of my wife's friends, and her husband, my wife's friend's husband, offered me a job, offered to pay me to go to school, would pay for my schooling, pay me during my apprenticeship, and it's like thirty, forty dollars an hour. Yeah, right off I, the bat. So, so we're talking about going elsewhere, but that was kind of my question about promotional progression and, and going in that topic. The problem like, is, is there's no solution unless you. Well, well, promotional progression, even in the departments that we're in, you're you're stuck in the position you're in, and there's no openings. 
and the region, what I'm seeing is people don't give a shit about credentials anymore. It's how long you've been on the department and who your buddy's with. And it drives me absolutely nuts that some of these chiefs are taking the liability that they're taking and putting the people in the places they're putting them just to fill a seat and just shoving these guys out the door that have 30 years experience and a bunch of credentials and just whatever. I don't, I don't understand it. I'm frustrated. It's like we're talking about leaving the industry and going somewhere else, but how, how do you go up the chain in, your, in, in this industry? So, Scott, I, I, I wanted you to touch answer. on this one. He made it. Boom, he, throwing he, it on the table. <laughs> he, he phrased it in a way that, that kind of sounded um, like an attack, but I wanted you to speak on it be, because of the fluctuations we've, we've had in West Paris and what those, those jobs and those titles have meant to some people, and they wanted it for that title, and then other people didn't want it but maybe fit that those um clear I, i'm trying yeah i was I gonna know. say i'm trying to, yeah. to phrase and this there's a whole landmine of eggshells so you're trying to walk i was gonna say right and please, what, how please wanna, don't take please don't take what i said as an attack i'm, just, I'm frustrated this, and i want to know what other people are doing how i want to phrase this is i know basically you didn't want to end up in the position you're in however all of us that were there think you were, are the best qualified for those positions so, so you run into both sides of this where you have some people that are qualified for certain things and either just straight up don't want that title. They don't want the responsibility. They don't want – there's a lot involved in because it. Because they they're want, actually trained and they're smart and they well, know what that position entails and they're like, right. fuck that. No, some some no. people <laughs> yeah. – we're kind of talking in circles you, here, no? but the people that have 20, 30 years in firefighting experience might be an excellent firefighter and a terrible officer. And then there are some people – that could have, and I'm not saying you're a terrible firefighter, but I'm saying there are some people that No, it's are, fair enough to say that I don't right, have, like, but right the out same of the experience a lot of you are, guys have. Are, could be amazing officers because they have, they have leadership skills. They have organizational skills. They have management skills. And they need to recognize that those officer positions come with a job title. It's not necessarily the... Um, it's not the bugles anymore. It's not how well you can handle fire calls. It's how well can you handle the team. Right. But also, you got to remember that this is a warrior culture. Like those people don't get respect unless they have that experience, and that's what we're kind of running into. Like I know, I've personally dealt with a person who's a fantastic firefighter and paramedic, awful leader, almost completely flushed the department. But as soon as they were demoted, they went right back to being awesome again. And I know the exact opposite. Somebody who's an okay firefighter, but it turns out that they're becoming a great leader. So it's weird. But, like, you always lose that respect, especially in that... I read a book sometime. It was called Warrior Culture or something like that, that we're basically type A personalities. We want somebody battle-tested. But it doesn't always work out that way. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, so I, I, I'm going to be uh, like you, Ed, I'll be walking on eggshells. So I, I, for me, I'm a deputy chief and part of me, there's a, there's a big part of me that says, okay, well, how can you, 
You've been on, only on the department since February of 2016, so I've got six years of experience in firefighting. How can I already be a bit deputy chief? And there's always that voice in my head that says, do you really deserve that position? And not so much leadership, but it's like we have fewer fires, and by the time we get there, it's a foundation because everything in our house is gasoline and stuff like that. So I always have that little bit of guilt about being an officer, mostly because I haven't been in a lot of burning buildings. Um, I've been in burning buildings, and I've experienced that and stuff, and I don't know how many you necessarily need to have and to, to make that battle test, be battle tested and proven. Um, but as far as leadership, I've been in a leadership position for a very long time, and I, I, we, we actually promoted somebody to a station lieutenant. We kind of saw the, um, the motivation of that person, their drive, their personality and stuff like that, and then they definitely were the I want to make this department better kind of thing, which is awesome because like we discussed not that long ago, it's hard to even find that in people. But I told him, I, look, I said, look, because we're explaining, you're not a lieutenant out in the field, you're not a lieutenant on the fire ground, it's only in the station right now, and it's a stepping stone. It's, it's your first step into having any sort of leadership, even if it's only within these four walls. <clears throat> but I told him, I said, being a firefighter is about running hose and throwing axes and stuff like that, but being a captain, being a lieutenant, being... What? Throw an axe. Swinging axes. <laughs> Swinging <laughs> you. Um, hey, you know, I mean, it slipped once. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, Sorry, so you just totally derailed right me. Yeah, you just totally derailed me. But, you know, being an officer is, is about people. Being a firefighter is about swinging that axe and stuff like that. So when we put you in officer position, it has nothing to do with being a firefighter so much as is lead, leading your people. Leading them into a burning building is having them have trust in you that they're going to, that person that's leading you, your leader is going to get you out of that building alive. And that comes with a little bit of battle testing and stuff like that, but it's also just your personality. Do you present as a trustworthy person? Are you sincere? Yes. Are you transparent? Stuff like that. And I think the reason, one of the reasons why, even though, like you said, I didn't want the position because I didn't want the responsibilities, yet here I am, is because I have that. I've, I've always kind of portrayed, and I, I, I feel guilty even talking politely about myself or even saying nice things about myself, but... Um, I do have that leadership. I do always want the best in people, and I've always put people in a position that can help them grow and stuff. And I think that's been showing over the years of consistently being who I am, being transparent, taking fault and taking blame when I do fuck up. Oh, that was in the middle. I apologize. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, but just being the kind of person that I am is why people say, hey, Scott, we want you as deputy chief because of my personality. I'm not two-faced or anything like that I am what you see is what you get and I might make a dumb joke or make a mistake but I'm going to one up to it you're the uh, first person that wants to like jump and do something too I loved his captain because you want to control the scene or like take uh take command like, you know it do it <laughs> it's fun I mean as much as I like to get in and get my hands dirty, I'll do the work you you make the radio calls <laughs> it's but that's an experience too because even when I'm in those positions and I'm in a leadership position it's, it's kind of a weird thing where nobody wants to be the leader sometimes because that's either you're not getting the play or oh my gosh this is a big scene or something like that but at the same time those who are leaders whether by rank or by personality um, seem to be like, hey, what about this? What about that? They don't have the stress of being the IC, but they have the opportunity, at least with me, to be like, hey, what about this? Or what about that? And I'm like, hey, that's a great idea. How about we do this? Or, hey, maybe not that, but you just thought made me think of this and, and give them the credit for basically coming up with a solution to a problem that we have. 
So we, we always try to, and, and even with this person, and even the other two guys on the department, they're phenomenal guys, and we're very fortunate to have them. We all have, they all display leadership abilities, but right now that one person was just kind of that much more above, which is why we gave them that position between duration on the department and the fact that they're committed and stuff. But promotional progression, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to get new guys to have that experience because we don't have as many fires because Fire Prevention Week, despite the fact that we might not have attention, it works. We have sprinkler systems and houses by code now. We have people that know not to play with matches. We have kids that are too busy playing their video games to be outside playing with matches. You know, we kind of joked once, and this was a joke. It was a joke. Like maybe Disclaimer. Disclaimer, yeah. Um, that instead of a Fire Prevention Week, we have to have Handout Matches Week so we can actually get some experience. Joke. It was a joke. Um, but it, it's kind of hard to get to get battle testing anymore outside of EMS because we just don't have the calls. And when we get there, the place is already flat because, like I said, everything is polyurethane foam, which is compressed gasoline. So I don't know if I answered your question or if I just ran myself around in circles. No, that was, that was I, great. I think you nailed it. Yeah. It, it. Your job as a leader is not to know everything and do everything. And somebody in your position is to recognize talent below you and make the people below you better like out the names i'm going to throw out it's in the police side not the fire side but when my dad he was the cid lieutenant in portland and he still takes great pride in four guys that he promoted up from patrol that he recognized that ended up was Vern chief did he make chief before he retired yeah four guys that my dad brought up became fire uh, police chief after he retired because he recognized them and they he's like those guys are better than me you know Vern Tim and that's Burton. very hard to admit too yeah and he's like it wasn't my job to know everything I was the boss but I didn't have to know everything I had to surround myself with I people didn't, that I didn't know stuff. the people to go to and he's like I got four guys that I promoted that ended up being police chief before the end of their career yeah. and I've, I'm hoping in the future I can take that with me like I I don't, if I become a chief officer, I don't have to know everything. I just have to know, I have to recognize the people below me that have that talent that can make me look good. Yep. Henry Ford actually had that same personality. He always admitted he doesn't know, have all the answers, but he's like, I have these four buttons on my desk. I can push that one button and I can get the answer from the guy who does know it. Yep. And he was always good at admitting he didn't know all the answers either. And I think the people under you respect that. It's like he's he's not sitting in his office like well I know everything I'm the boss, but I say that to Caleb all the time. I'm like hey, I don't know, but I know a guy. I know a guy. I know where it's I like can find that answer. I have a team of 27 people where I work. Where I work full time, I have 27 people that uh, it's a volunteer service. So I can't even say they work for me. But just like you, you know, when I lead the the organization that they're volunteering in, and I tell them all the time, I'm just one guy with one idea. I said, this is our team. You guys have just as much say as I. And if there's something I'm, not, I'm doing that you don't like or that, I, that you have an idea, by all means, feel free to bring it up because I'm just one dude coming up here and, and trying to think of how to do this particular problem. And I'd more than be happy to get the feedback from people that are sometimes, like we've talked about, smarter than me in certain ways. So how, how did you get that position? And did they just hand it to you? Nope. It or was there up. a process? I applied. Uh, there was a process. Uh, it opened up. The My predecessor, he's since retired from the company, but he called me and a few other people out of all of us, and he's like, hey, this position's opening up, and I really think you should apply. And when I applied, it was a unanimous decision. And again, I had proven leadership. Whenever there was a call on my shift, when I was working shift, 
I was the first one there. I was always taking lead. I was always the one that was helping people grow. So even when I wasn't even doing this full time, when I was part of the part of the team as a volunteer, I showed that leadership. So when it came open, they all said, hey, Scott's the one that deserves it. And um, I try to carry on that tradition of, of being like, hey, you guys, eventually I might retire or win the lottery or get hit by a bus or get hit by a bus on my way to claim my lottery ticket or whatever. Um, that would be me. That would be, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. I won the lottery and then you get run over by a bus and it's like, yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. It's, it, it's, there's a lot of burden to be arrogant. It's, I, I've been arrogant a few times and it's like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Just that somebody's going to find out or somebody's going to see that I'm not really what I am and stuff. And that's, there's too much of a burden for me. And I don't know if I'm just the way I am because I'm lazy or just because I'm smart or maybe a little bit of both. But it's just so much easier to just be honest with people and be like, hey, you know what? You're smarter. You know what you're doing. This is, and it, it does. It helps them all because it's, it's nice to be on the other end of that too when somebody who's in the leadership says, hey, man, you're, like, even when I was a lieutenant or even before I was a lieutenant, my chief's like, hey, man, we have hazmat. It's you. You know way more than me. And it feels great to be able to just, it develops a lot of respect in my leaders about me to be like, hey, they're, they're willing to admit that they're wrong, and I see how that is, and I just see how it's going to be with other people and how that makes them feel. It just makes life easier just to be honest. Well, congratulations so, on your position. I think, oh, Vince, thank you. It, what there's, I, there's a lot of, like, kind of running around on this. Um, I think we're looking for ways to give people that, um, that appreciation for showing up, for doing the work, for, for being good at what they do. And our kind of our only way of doing that is to promote them. And the only way to really promote someone in the fire department is to put them in an officer position. There isn't, you don't, you don't get a class A firefighter, a class B firefighter. Like you can't, there's no, no, there's never really been. I mean, if you take Maine as an example, um, we're extremely, extremely rural and there's never been really for the majority of us around here, a promotional process. So that's where I was getting at with this is some of the mutual aid, I say mutual aid towns, but some of the towns I even belong to, you used to have to vote. Like it was whoever, it was a a popularity vote. Then that went to the wayside and then it was appointed by the fire chief. So the fire chief got to pick who he wanted in his team. Which was now his only vote So then, popularity. So then the department that I worked for, the chief was progressive and he said, all right, we're going to have a process like you're going to do this 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 and then we're going to score you through the program and all these different attributes and we'll go from there whether it was a smoke show for the the guys and he already had his man picked anyways it didn't really matter at least there was a process that everybody knew had to be done to get to that seat and then that chief left another chief came in went back to the i'm just going to appoint everybody so he just started throwing people in positions and now the other chief's back who did the promotional stuff in the first place that was awesome for us guys that appreciated it. And now he's stuck with these officers that got into positions they shouldn't be in because it wasn't his process. He's getting the hand that was dealt to him. And it's frustrating for everybody else to go, he had a process and this other (coughs) chief threw it out the window and now we're stuck with what we're stuck with. Which also goes back to number three. We got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up? Yep. Okay. (laughs) John's got 10 minutes to make it to a meeting. I have 11 minutes. Well, really quick, that goes back to number three about public perception and department transparency. 
if the department sees a bunch of people that are just they don't believe should be in those positions it just takes a lot of faith out of the department mm -hmm. so it's it's the consequences and more than just inside the department too I'll just Agreed. I'm just gonna go real quickly the town I live in in the department I used to belong to every year all officers have to reapply for their position I was just gonna say an that. interview if you if you're not an officer and you want to become one now's your chance to interview if you're a current officer you still have to interview what have you done do you deserve to maintain this I love it keeps, that idea it keeps everybody honest yeah. you you have to do your job throughout the year if you would like to keep your job and I, I think I think that's a good way to go well plus also yeah. those that realize this isn't for me have a chance to yeah. respectfully bow out exactly mm -hmm. exactly that's what cool. I was gonna hit on well, too. thank you guys. there's nothing locking us in yeah. you know it's just a it's whatever department wants to do is is the process that they should go with but that's what I was yep. gonna say is yeah you know, just have everybody reapply. Reapply every year. Perfect. All right, John's kicking out. Right. Thanks for We're getting by. kicked out. Talking. Yeah. We'll probably talk more about this topic. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks, Doc. Flip that. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.